Sentire Media. Ciao a tutti, this is News Cappuccino. E non dire più quelle cose che hai detto. I got up rather early this morning and breakfast is now quite far behind. I'm getting a little bit peckish, so I think maybe I'll stop into a bar for a cappuccino and maybe a croissant. So I go in, ask for my cappuccino and look at the case with all the pastries. I'm able to resist the temptation of the chocolate ones and the ones with all the cream. And I go for a whole wheat one with the illusion that that's going to be good for me, ignoring the fact that it's completely stuffed with lovely jam. I go over to where the newspapers are laid out and uh, look at what the current government is up to. We have a rather unusual government, considering Italian history, with one very new party, we could say. That is the Five Star Movement. Now, they really like to underline the fact that it's a movement and not a political party, although it is a political party, but anyway. It was founded in 2009 by comedian Beppe Grillo. The whole idea of the five stars is the high quality of the movement. Before that, perhaps the most notable event was the Vaffa Day, which would be translated as the F-Off Day in 2007, when Grillo organized a great protest to promote a law against corruption, in particular so that people who had been convicted of a crime could not enter into Parliament, and those that did enter into Parliament could only serve two legislatures. In Italy, that's a five-year period, so could only serve a total of ten years in Parliament. A lot of people laid great hope in this anti-establishment, anti-corruption movement, and it had quite a few successes on the local level, Then, in the 2012 elections, it saw its first members enter Parliament, although very far from having any kind of majority. However, in the more recent elections, in 2018, the Five Star Movement was the most voted party in Italy. It didn't reach the important 40% level to have an absolute majority, but it was definitely the dominant partner in any possible future government. The leader, now Luigi Di Maio, because Beppe Grillo has never actually held an elected office, he's a sort of eminence grige working behind the scenes, the leader Luigi Di Maio ended up deciding to team up with the League of Matteo Salvini. And Luigi Di Maio and Matteo Salvini are both deputy prime ministers as well as ministers. Luigi Di Maio is the infrastructure minister and Matteo Salvini is the interior minister. They have come to sort of overshadow the actual prime minister, whose surname is Conte, but nobody really knows much about him. Indeed, people hardly even know his first name, confusing him with the football coach Antonio Conte. The prime minister's name is actually Giuseppe, but again, nobody really knew him because they sort of pulled him out of nowhere, it seems. The dominance of the five-star movement in the current government and parliament is such an important novelty that some people initially spoke of a third republic. 
the First Republic being the one from 1946, when a referendum decided for republic instead of monarchy, and went on until the early 90s, when great corruption scandals rocked the political establishment and traditional parties such as the Christian Democrats and the Socialists almost completely disappeared. This was more or less the start of the Berlusconi era, which is considered the Second Republic. There hasn't been that much more talk of the Third Republic. We'll have to wait and see how big of a change the current government is going to make. As we said, the other partner is the League. Initially, it started out life as the Lega Nord, the Northern League, in 1989. It came from the combination of a series of northern local autonomous movements. The name and the symbol come from the famous Battle of Legnano, when the Lombard League of Italian cities defeated Emperor Frederick Barbarossa, showing what the Italians could do if they united. Little does it matter that soon after the battle the whole league crumbled, but... The League, and at the time the Northern League, had government experiences with the first Berlusconi government starting in 94, then again in 2001, and more recently in 2008 to 2011. But it had never until now been a major player in the government, hardly ever reaching more than about 4 or 5% of the vote. After the first experience with the Berlusconi government, they went back to being a bit more radical and even promoted a couple of referendums on secession, They were purely symbolic, but, however, they were quite significant. In more recent times, they have dropped the northern part and taken a more nationalistic, Italy-first stance with a strong anti-immigration policy. Most importantly, they have actually overtaken, in percentage of votes, Berlusconi's Forza Italia party, which used to be the dominating party of the centre-right. This does not please Silvio Berlusconi at all. So, when it came time for the Five Star Movement and Luigi Di Maio to choose a partner for government, the League was one of the few choices. Since forming the government, the Five Star Movement has been working on a great reform, while the League has focused very much on the immigration issue receiving international attention with a new policy of turning away NGO ships full of immigrants. This move of the League from being Northern League to the League, so from a local autonomous movement to a national movement, made me think a little bit about the question of unity in Italy. Indeed, it is an interesting example of how Italy is a little bit more united than when it was politically united in 1861. So what is the current state of unity in Italy? Is it still true that somebody from Milan would feel that they come from a completely different nation for somebody in Sicily, for example? Or are things a little bit closer? The answer is, sort of. The political unity that came about under King Victor Emmanuel's Kingdom of Piedmont thanks to Giuseppe Garibaldi and Giuseppe Mazzini and Camillo Benso, Count of Cavour, was not enough to create a nation. We know that to create a nation you also need a common language and a common culture. And this didn't come about for a long, long time. 
it was quite true, at the end of the 19th century and well, well into the 20th century that somebody from the north, such as Milan, Pavia, Bologna, and so on, would more readily speak a local dialect than Italian. And that local dialect would be something completely different from that of a Neapolitan or somebody from Benevento, for example, and they would really have trouble understanding each other. With regard to the language, we can point to two big uniting factors, one in the 50s and one in the 90s and 2000s. In the 50s, the factor was television. Television in Italy was in Italian. So if somebody wanted to watch television as it began to spread in the economic boom that characterized the countries in the 50s, they would have to watch it in Italian. Indeed, one of the programs that one could watch in this period on Italian television was Italian lessons for Italians. Italians, obviously, they spoke dialects. Maybe in another news cappuccino, we'll have a talk about dialects. We haven't got much time for that now. The other unifying factor was, obviously, internet. Nowadays, with young people watching the same YouTubers and listening to the same singers and interviews on the net, Italian is becoming more widespread. Indeed, in the north, for example, young people are starting to forget the northern dialects and they are only spoken by older people and perhaps young people coming from rural communities. Young people in the south, with a family-oriented culture, tend to be able to speak their local dialects a bit more, such as people from Crotone, for example, or Naples, but they will still speak fluent Italian. So, it can be said that in 2018, at least from a linguistic and cultural level, Italy is much more united than when it was politically united over 150 years ago. If there's one thing that we can point to, that unites the country without a shadow of a doubt, that's winning the football, or soccer, World Cup. So, in 1982 and 2006, the more recent victories of the Italian national side, all of the people in Italy, at least for a while, felt they were one. We just have to hope that the unity of our nation doesn't come about at the expense of our welcoming other nations to our beautiful country. Thanks very much for listening to this edition of News Cappuccino. Remember that you can get in touch with us via all the usual channels of A History of Italy. So that's hello at ahistoryofitaly.com. You can look up the website www.ahistoryofitaly.com and click through to our social media. I've decided to give one more freebie of News Cappuccino, and next time we're going to be talking about the identity crisis of a Brexit victim. So listen out for that one. Then, starting from News Cappuccino episode 4, they will be available only for patrons on Patreon or for PayPal donors via newsletter. Thanks very much again to everyone for listening, and talk to you next time. A rimediare, anzi vai pure a rimediare. Sentire media. 
Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sintiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.